looks like Darren Collison's not going to return to the NBA. Oh, interesting. Despite interest from both Lakers and Clippers. Breaking news, huh? That was it. That was posted at six thirty. We could mention that. Probably when we talk about Marcus Morris. I mean, it won't be breaking news by Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year. To tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you. And I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 430, coming to you from Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Jason Triplett, a.k.a. The Doctor, or a.k.a. what is my new nickname? The (laughs) something. No, no, no. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, you're the um, Megatron. Oh, yeah, Megatron. That's right. (laughs) That makes sense for me. (laughs) Uh, This show, we're going to chat about the Pacers' struggles, uh, especially in the clutch of late, uh, recap the action at the trade deadline, and preview All-Star Weekend. Joining me to do all of this is one analyst, uh, coast to coast, I suppose, like buttered toast, uh, from... Indianapolis, Indiana. He's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, I'm basically cycling through hosts. Nobody wants to like <laughs> <laughs> put up with me anymore. And so, uh, shout out to Joey for doing the Monday show. Shout out to you for uh, for the Thursday show. Um, I Harper won't return my phone calls, so. That's right. Well, it's that time of the year. You know, like, it's the doldrums of the NBA season. Much like the Sixers, we're having internal struggles. We're having a lot of closed-door meetings. That's right. But we can't quite get it together to Owen for a week. It's tough to rally the troops. That's right. (laughs) We all just want this all-star break. That's right. That's right. All right. Before we start the show, just want to remind you folks that you can support us uh, every time you listen, or every time you shop at Amazon, sorry, uh, it doesn't cost you any extra. Just follow the link in the show notes uh, or go to our website, theunbeatables.com, and follow the Amazon referral link. Okay, uh, as you just mentioned, I missed the Monday show, and I'm sure you guys covered a lot of these topics, but um, it was a rough week in Pacerland. We're, we're recording this on, on Sunday, and so we've just suffered... Um, uh, five consecutive defeats. Yeah. Um, um, I, if things I, honestly, don't turn around yeah, quickly, I, uh, we could be heading into the All-Star break with on a seven-game slide. Yeah. I'm predicting uh, a, a one-in-one week. I'm hoping to beat the Nets at our house um, mm-hmm. and then assume we're going to get slaughtered by the, the Bucks. So, let's best case scenario, uh, we're one in We've one, our last one of our last seven, seven. games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, right. That's the best case scenario. Seven. 
So I know that Joey uh, talked you off the ledge a little bit, on, yeah. uh, a little bit on Monday, and I'm hoping that you can maybe uh, through the uh, trans what is it the law of transference or something like sure. that, like uh, transitive properties. A, Transitive properties, yeah, exactly, of podcasting that you can pull me off the ledge as well. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to frame our conversation in a couple of different ways. So I was looking at um, uh, the NBA clutch stats, right? Mm. So one of oh, the things that. that I think is, has been common <laughs> over the last few games, especially since Vic's return, uh, is clearly the, you know, the, the offensive flow of these units with Victor Oladipo in it does not look too great. Nobody really knows where to go or what to do. Pretty choppy. Uh, yeah, very choppy, and, and especially uh, in stark contrast to the second unit that is just humming like a, you know, like a well-oiled machine. If we don't screw uh, it up so, by throwing in uh, Jeremy Lamb. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so it, I just want to throw a couple clutch stats at you, and okay. so this is comparing clutch stats, and so these are games in which. Uh, the uh, game is tied or uh, sorry within five points in the last five minutes okay okay so just statistics for that last five minutes so most game, of our games last week all of the games since Oladipo's return yeah fall under this okay okay uh, so let's do a, a similar sample size so let's compare our clutch stats for the the month of January before Victor okay return I like this okay if you look at um, something like net rating mm-hmm. in those clutch minutes, the Pacers in the uh, month of January prior to Oladipo's return were fourth in the NBA with a net rating of 25.3 Wow! in those minutes, which is significantly better than our overall rating, which is uh, something like 2.1 okay. for all of minutes played. Game. Sure. Right? That's great. Uh, our assist to turnover ratio was uh, uh, 1.4, okay. which is super good. Solid, yeah. Uh, turnover percent, 10.6. Not fantastic, no. but uh, decent. Um, and rebounding percentage is, you know, middle of the pack or whatever. Sure. Right? Okay. Now, let's compare that to the f- six games. Is that right? Since Oladipo's return, five of those uh, were clutch clutch minutes or whatever. Okay. Our net rating in those five games, negative 43.3. Wow. In clutch minutes. Wow. In the last in five minutes. minutes. Yes. Mm. Uh, assist to turnover ratio of 0.5. Oof. And a turnover percentage of... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Assist to turnover, 0.71, sorry. Okay. Turnover percentage of 24.1 mm. uh, in those minutes. So, in, so this is including the Chicago game, which we won handily in overtime, and that would have been clutch minutes as well, right? So that's yes. skewing this in some sense. That's actually making us look better than we actually are? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that's awful, JT. It really is, yeah. And so this is a, a huge concern. We, I actually, we had a discussion on this, and I've been meaning to revisit it um, because I, I brought it up earlier in the season. We were having troubles in these clutch, uh, went through a spell where we were having trouble in, in clutch minutes, and it was basically the argument then was we just didn't have enough chops. We sort of got those chops and 
you know, as evidenced by, you know, the numbers I quoted for the, the month of January, How well part we played of it, in January. Had, sure. had really become one of the better uh, clutch teams, and now we're, you know, not got to be near all, dead last right? on yeah. that. Those numbers are awful. It's uh, we are 18th of 25 okay. in that range, is sure. all I can say. So, sure. from January 29th till February 9th, mm. is this a thing that can be solved? I mean, on the one hand, uh, things that we really looked forward to in getting Victor Oladipo back was, in fact, his clutchness. He's one of the most clutch guys in the NBA historically. Uh, he does not look comfortable in that situation now. There's a little bit of um, uh, uncertainty as to whether he or Brogdon should take the reins, I think. Uh, and Nate hasn't quite figured out what the best lineup, what his crunch time five is, I don't think. Right. What are your thoughts on this? Is this um, uh, is there a path forward out of this nonsense? Uh, I would I would say that yes. Uh, you know, Nate has been all year uh, pretty comfortable with riding the hot hand, right? So, so the guys that are in the end of the game aren't always the same guys. Um, mm. You know, we finished uh, the game um, against Toronto. Um, when we were in Toronto with uh, Justin Holiday and uh, Doug McDermott uh, because they were just killing it from the range. And then we were having so much trouble uh, defensively and having trouble with the trap that he brought in a bunch of ball handling and guards and stuff. But he, he doesn't necessarily need to go back to sort of a starting lineup, right? So mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that kind of goes against the fact that maybe we just – our closing unit is bad, you know, I think so. On some level, you can argue that it's not just um, our starting lineup slash closing lineup is is not good in the clutch. I think on some level, it, it, you know, it is Nate is going based on his gut and trying to figure out who's who's hot and who's playing well and what what works in matchups. Um, and so you'd think that, and because of that, maybe these numbers are random. You know. Mm. Okay. Um, I I will argue though that Victor Oladipo, outside of his shot, uh, is in the opening game uh, against Chicago that that forced the game into overtime, um, and was such sort of a fairy tale ending to that game, his first game back. Um, and even in that game, uh, has shot incredibly poorly. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he has been miserable. He's shooting, I think, twenty one percent from the floor overall. Um, mm. That's that is. That's not an NBA player. I mean, you, he he looks right. explosive. He's he's been all right on defense, man to man. He looks uh, lost in switches, which we don't. You know, I've noticed we're doing more of that. We're not real good at it. Um, we're having trouble communicating on the floor. I don't know if we're trying to switch because <clears throat> uh, because of the new lineups, but there looks like a lot of miscommunication on the defensive end, um, right. and he's been part of that. Um, and um, you know. He's been good at passing the ball, um, but he can't hit the broad side of the barn, um, and he looks confused on both offensive and defensive sets, and that's a problem. <laughs> I'm not saying he can't get it back, but uh, I think that's I think he will get it back. I think he's an all star. I think he's the leader of our team and one of the best players in the NBA. Um, I think that's what you're seeing right now. Um, so so I I will tell you that there is there is a. Um, a light at the end of this tunnel. 
I just don't know how long it's going to take to get to that light. Yeah. Um, that, that makes sense. I sort of, I was texting with Jill, um, after the, uh, the Toronto game in Toronto where the Pacers blew, a 11 point lead in th- 11 last point three lead minutes, was three minutes or yeah. something. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. And I was texting her and I was, I was, I said, this is a game we don't lose two weeks from now when Victor Oladipo is comfortable. He will, he will not let that happen. Right. 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 Like that's what we know of him historically. Right. Um, so I agree that it's a matter of getting him used to it. I think that, you know, I'm I'm questioning my so my initial uh, instincts when we talk about the reintegration of Oladipo was to get him playing with that starting unit as much as possible. So starting games and closing games, and uh, in a lot of ways, that's the the approach that McMillan and the coaching staff took. You know, they started him closing every quarter and so that got him a lot of overlapping minutes with um brogdon and sabonis and turner um unfortunately we still haven't seen you know what we thought would be our crunch time lineup or our starting uh, lineup in in the playoffs yeah which is includes tj warren so hopefully he's back uh yeah or he played in the the, the new orleans game but but oladipo sat out because of the um uh, no back-to-back situation, right? So, Correct. So I'm hoping that all of this pain <laughs> that we're enduring now by sort of accelerating the numbers of minutes that these guys play together gets them to a chemistry that is successful, you know, a month from now or something like that because that's what we want to be doing. Like, like we're going to be a playoff team. We're not going to be a top three playoff team or even top four maybe um but we would like to be playing good basketball and and you know scare the heck out of somebody or beat somebody in the first round i mean i think this team makes every game competitive and therefore in the playoffs you know you have a chance to win four of seven games i think yeah no i I, i'm with you i i think that the the nervous part of that conversation is a month from now and i'm not saying you're wrong um but mm-hmm. you know um i thought uh, you know some of the best basketball we played this this last week was you know in that toronto game and that was with oladipo in the starting lineup um and that bench unit that 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 connected unit that's been playing together all season with mm-hmm. you know um mcdermott justin and aaron holiday um TJ McConnell and um, Sabonis, and and they played extraordinarily well. But I thought I thought the the starting unit looked pretty good with Oladipo in there. I think he's more comfortable starting. Um, I think mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't really know what to do with himself coming off the bench. He tries to get in that first three or four minutes. He puts up like seven shots to see if he's hot, yeah. you know. Yep. And it's not necessarily good for for that unit. Um, so. Um, I think he's better served in that starting lineup, and that's where he's going to end up, and that's fine. Um, I do. I am worried. You know, uh, you know. Jeremy Lamb had an incredible week. He was just shooting lights out, but the results with him in that bench unit have been mixed. So there's there's still some some chemistry issues to work out. If all these things do work out, um, and we start playing at a high level, 
you know, that's fantastic. The issue, you know, is how long is that going to take? And um, the rest of the East continues to win. And so what you just said, I mean, I think two weeks ago we were saying, hey, look, we're only two and a half, three games out of that second spot or that third spot. We could still be a home court advantage team. Um, Mm. Now it doesn't look like that's possible. And that means we're going to get that fifth or sixth spot again, which we've been doing the last two years. Um, McMillan started this season saying, we're not doing this to lose in the first round again. This year we're getting to the second round. That is that is a stated goal by this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to happen if, we're not, if we don't have home court advantage. There's a chance, of course. Yes, we could scare a team. We could beat a team, especially if we're playing our best basketball at the right time. But that percentage goes down considerably if we don't have home court. So it's just as it, yeah, I think there I is mean, some concern about trying to to uh, still get that home court advantage. We need to get this stuff figured out pretty quick. I think it does, but I mean, I I, I think you're right. That home court advantage obviously helps, but I don't think that this team is incapable of winning a first round series without home court advantage, especially if we end up in the fifth spot and play. Um, who would that be? Either Probably uh, Boston, or... Boston, or Philly. You know, Philly gets their <sighs> yeah. back together. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about trades here in a second. I mean, I think that the obviously the elite team in the East is um, Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I think that Toronto is the second best team. Agreed. But now Miami has made moves, so maybe Miami is the second best team or the third. But you're not going to see any of those people in the first round, probably, most likely. Yeah, we, if we finish six, oh yeah, that's we true. Would good see call. One of those two good, teams. Good call. And and actually, um, I I would love to play Toronto in a seven game series. The, the, these have been incredibly entertaining games. I think we lose that yeah. series, at least the way that we're closing games. But um, they're a good matchup for us. That's a fun up and down series. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I I think Miami, you know, is better than us for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Toronto is better than us. Yeah. But I think that, you know, all it takes is one win on the road court and you've flipped home court advantage, right? Sure. Which this team is capable of winning on the road in the playoffs. Um, we've seen We're currently before. not capable of even winning at home against bad teams. Well, no, n- not at all. <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to be playing your best basketball in mid-February. You want it's to true. be playing it in late March and going into April. So that's the thing, or at least that's, you know, how I'm put putting myself to sleep at night is – you know, saying okay, the the we knew there were going to be um, stumbling blocks and uh, fits and starts, like getting this uh, integration of an all star talent back into the lineup, and that's what we're seeing now. You know, this all would be made a lot more palatable had we not blown a crappy game against the Knicks. Uh, and had we held on to that Toronto game, right. now all of a sudden you're saying like, oh yeah, we, you know, we're okay. Obviously there are problems, but the, so the encouraging thing is that I think we're in, we've been competitive. Yeah, in, in every game, games. in every game we've been. We have really, really sucked in the last two to five minutes. Yes, as you as you demonstrated, we are right. crumbling down the stretch for sure. But so that's. In a way, a solvable Those problem. Those are fixable it's not issues. As if, right. It's not as if we're just getting blown off the floor every night, right? So. Yeah, I, you know, uh, 
you'll unfortunately when you hear the the Monday show, uh, you'll hear the stats over the last five games. We're down in scoring significantly. Um, sure. We're down yeah. in um, we're way up in turnovers. We're down in assists. Yeah. Um, we're down in shooting percentage. I mean, th- th- these things th- there are real issues uh, right now with the offense and the defense uh, over the yep. last uh, since you know in February, basically since Oladipo came back. So um, there's a lot to work out. It's not just about those last uh, five minutes. Although I agree uh, that that's where we lost those games, all four of them. And actually, the the New York game, as miserable and disgusting as that was, that game the also game was horrible. Yeah, but yeah, we got out executed in, in the, last the five stretch. Minutes. And that and and so you know, so I can bring you all those stats as I did last week. But you're right; it really has to do with those last five minutes because that's where we're yeah. losing these games. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the good thing about um, our podcast is we record on Sunday and multiple games will have happened. So by the time this podcast comes out, uh, the Pacers will have, you know, beaten the crap out of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. uh, Going into the the all-star break and we'll look like idiots. Um, I'm going to be uh, in the building for the Nets game. Uh, on Monday, mm. so um, I'll be cheering hard. I expect us to win that one going away. So yeah, it's possible we'll be feeling way better after a two-game winning streak going into the All-Star break. Yep. All right, let's move on to our second topic here. Um, trade deadline was last week in the NBA. Uh, Pacers didn't make any moves, despite the uh, you know the annual tradition of Miles Turner rumors, right. as you guys discussed uh, last week. But there were some, uh, actually, there were many moves. Yeah. Uh, lots of players moved around. Um, you know, we don't have time to cover all of the trades. Uh, so what we decided to do is each of us would pick our favorite trade and our least favorite trade. And uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover a lot of ground that way. So what was your favorite trade of the trade deadline or the, you know, there was a couple of trades leading up to the deadline day. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings about all of these trades. I mean, I, I'm not sure that any of these were home runs. Um, uh, but I think for my favorite trade, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pick, uh, the Clippers getting, uh, Marcus Morris. Um, mm. and, and I mentioned that for a couple, because he just, housed us because he just housed us <laughs> I mean, I watched him dismantle us down the stretch in that New York game um, we weren't playing well but he did um, uh, you know, the guy is a bucket getter um, and it's almost an embarrassment of riches uh, for the Clippers um, you know they have what three of the best bucket getters in the in the uh, in the entire NBA with Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, and, and Lou Williams already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I have been all season long, I, th- I can't remember who I picked at the beginning of the season, but um, for me, the Clippers are um, the favorite um, still. I know they've not been playing that way, um, but when I look at a team that has a Kawhi and a Paul George, two of the best wing defenders in the league, who they can throw on your best player. Say that's the Lakers and LeBron James, or that's Giannis and and the the Bucks. I think they have a ton of advantage by having those two guys. Um, and I feel like adding Marcus Morris, who has been an absolute sniper. I think he's shooting forty four percent from the three point range. 
this mm-hmm. season. Um, he's mm-hmm. big. He can he can be the the faux tough guy. I, I I just think this is it's he slots in nicely next to Kawhi and, and Paul George um, in a closing unit. I think the concern and the reason that it may not be a favorite going away. I'm not sure this necessarily tilts the scale towards a championship is because Marcus Morris seems like slightly like a knucklehead. Um, he mm-hmm. tends to kind of want to shoot the ball in those moments um, on a team with a bunch of people that want the moment. Uh, we've seen Kawhi Leonard win a title being the guy having the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's enough. I mean, there's enough leadership on that team, I suppose, uh, with Doc Rivers and and Lou Williams and stuff. But we also know that Paul George is a bad leader. Um, and <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, you know, it could be that this that uh, there could be some internal fighting. This this new guy that wants to be the 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 guy in the moment. Um, this could be that this falls apart. But you know, we've seen that Toronto um, is really good without Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi's not not the sole key to a championship. Maybe this all falls apart for the Clippers, but I thought they made themselves better. Uh, we'll see uh, in the proof in the pudding, I suppose. Yeah, I think the, I think the key to this is how they manage Marcus Morris and his, um, uh, what is the, what is the Simmons thing? The, uh, unjustified confidence or whatever. Yeah. 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 Irrational uh, confidence. Yeah. Irrational yeah. confidence guy. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, best part of this the Clippers move and getting Marcus Morris is that they kept him away from the Lakers uh, who need I think uh, he would have been way better yeah for the Lakers exactly yeah Yeah. so I think it's a defensive move okay I think that I don't even know that he'll be in their crunch time five Mm, okay Um, you know I I think they have a pretty solid crunch time five as it is yeah and if Um, he can play you know off the bench and, and just you know go nuts like he did against us and um you know he could exactly. be really valuable that's exactly where he is best suited yeah um so we'll see so i'm not super um scared of that my favorite move of the trade deadline i felt was a win-win uh for teams involved and that was the the warriors trading d'angelo russell mm. uh who they had you know salvaged out of losing kevin durant uh, for Andrew Wiggins, and I think more importantly, a protected 2021 first-round draft pick uh, and a 2021 second-round draft pick. Mm. Okay, and so here's why I think this is a win-win. So Wiggins was not getting it done in Minnesota. I think everyone agrees. <laughs> yes. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, not a happy camper right now. Hasn't won a basketball game since before. Uh, Thanksgiving, although he's probably won one by now. Oh my goodness! Uh, gets his one of his best friends, D'Angelo Russell, to play with him. Uh, Russell's good. He's an all-star, borderline all-star guy um, to pair with uh, Towns. Not that he hasn't played with all-stars before, but maybe not as good of a fit as what Russell will be with him. They're going to get up and down the floor. This this year is lost for for the, the Wolves as far as playoff chances go, but they're going to get up and down the floor, have fun, build some chemistry this year, hopefully um, you know, pick up the right kind of veterans to surround these guys in the offseason. Yeah, you could see a really give, nice pick and roll with those two guys. Um, absolutely. They both, right? can, they both score 25 points a game, essentially. Um, that's right. It could be really yeah. deadly. 
And then for uh, the Warriors, and especially for Wiggins, I mean, he gets to come into a situation where, you know, there's actual competent uh, coaching staff, a system in place. Uh, He's not asked to score 20 points a night. I mean, he might be for the rest of this season, but, you know, for that, this is not the Warriors, right? Correct. Um, When Curry and Thompson come back, you know, he can just be a really good wing defender which he can be if he puts his mind to it uh and and you know score and learn how to play offense uh the right way and then more importantly the the warriors are doing this uh you know spurs-esque tank to get tim duncan Mm, uh, mm. better than anybody i've ever seen right Mm. they are on track to have the worst record in the league right now so they're going to have a really high draft pick of their own. And they're going to get, maybe, if this is, uh, you know, if if, <laughs> if the Wolves do good enough, they're going to get the Wolves' first-round first round draft pick this year. So they're going to pick up, um, or sorry, next year. Well, uh, So, yeah, so it's it's a top three protected, right? So if the if the Wolves right. are below the top three, then it goes to the mm-hmm. Warriors. That's, that's a really good draft pick. <laughs> That's right. Because if so they're like not, sorry, five, I, I misspoke. It's it's not this year. It's next year. Yeah. But anyway, they get for them. They have so much money invested in their top three guys right now mm-hmm. in uh, Curry, Thompson, and Green, and then Wiggins, Wiggins has a big contract too. Um, that uh, filling in those spots with high quality young guys, which they've already shown an ability to develop, is huge for them going forward. I think. Yeah. So I thought that was mine. That was so, a, so you're a saying they're betting on on Wiggins' potential that he's just never been in the right spot and that he's going to be able to develop into the the kind of wing defender uh, distributor that that we sort of uh, that got him the number one draft pick, right? I mean, this this guy has the tools. It just hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're betting on that that they can turn Absolutely. him into the player he deserves to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've seen got you know like can he be a, a uh, not even a poor man's, like a a, a middle class man's uh, Andre Iguodala. Hmm. Can he can he be better than Harrison Barnes? You know, I mean, right. that, that's exactly. what we're looking for, right? Right, exactly. So I think that's that's good. All right, and and you and you like the the uh, the Russell Towns pairing as well for for a bad team that's going nowhere. Might as well, might as well yeah, have I mean have your friend on the team if you're Towns, and you know, that's right. I mean, your job. If you're the Minnesota GM right now, is to keep towns towns yeah. happy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So this works for that. Win you win. Know? And then I they like they got to get a good um, coach in there, and you know, do all kinds. Of, there's a lot of work to be done in Minnesota, but this is at least a step. You know, where you can say, okay, here's my core for the next three years. Let's build around these two guys. Get them the complement of players that they need to yeah. be successful. Okay. I like it. Because they've sort of cleaned house with everything else. You know, Teague is gone. Right. Gorgie Jang is gone. Uh, Covington's, Covington's gone. is gone. Right. Like, yeah. They're not going to be very good, but they weren't very good before yeah. this, so. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, what was your least favorite trade? Uh, well, I'll tell you why. Uh, this is my least favorite trade uh, because of how it affects the Pacers. Um, mm. The Pacers did not make a trade. Uh, there was some discussion that we might try to unload uh, TJ Leaf uh, just to get him in a place where he could see some minutes, not because we dislike him, but because there's no room for him on this team. 
Um, but we made no trades. Um, but other people in the East did make some trades that will affect us, I believe. Um, Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons moved to the Cleveland Cavaliers for uh, Brendan Knight, John Henson, and a second-round draft pick in 2023. Um, I don't think Brandon Knight or John Henson will ever see minutes uh, in, in Detroit, although who knows, Detroit's really bad. Um, this really wasn't about what uh, the Pistons were getting back. This is about unloading Drummond's uh, contract, which uh, has a player option next season um, at a number over that starts with a you know twenty. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was a lot of money for yeah. them, and they were going nowhere. Um, it's crazy to me how little they paid to get how little Cleveland paid to get him. However, um, this guy is an absolute beast on the boards. He's averaging 15 rebounds a game. Uh, he's the best rebounder in the league and has been for the last five years. Um, and uh, he can score in the low post. And uh, the Pacers have already played Detroit four times. If you'll recall, we lost three of those, largely yep. because Andre Drummond was putting up 2020s against us. And now we get to play Cleveland two more times. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk up Two more losses uh, yep. against the Pacers as uh, Andre Drummond is going to uh, beat the snot out of us again in the front court. Um, so it's bad for the Pacers. That's why it's my least favorite. I do think it's interesting, however, for Cleveland, another franchise going nowhere, that they now have three of the best rebounders in the game on their team. Um, mm-hmm. So you can imagine a world in which they, they start uh, Kevin Love at power forward, uh, Draymond Green at center, and then Tristan Thompson as your backup uh, four five. Um, I think that's probably the best rebounding front court in the NBA. Um, they don't have any shooting, so let's at least get a bunch of offensive rebounds. Let's be big and poundy because we have no other plan. I think it's at least sure. interesting, and they paid nothing for him. I mean, I, you know, I might as well have been in that trade. You know, like they're just, it's just, I mean, shout out John Henson and a really old Brandon Knight. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, this was a steal for the Cavs with, with very little risk involved. Yep. Sure. Uh, yeah. We had, we had popped that champagne after the last time we had to play uh, Mm -hmm. drumming this year. That's right. Now we gotta, we gotta put the cork back in. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My uh, least favorite trade is similarly because of, uh, from a Pacers perspective, um, but I actually like um, part of it. And that is the, maybe the biggest move of the trade deadline was um, a three-team swap in which uh, Andre Iguodala, who had been sitting at home doing nothing, got traded to the Heat Mm. uh, along with um, Solomon Hill. Oh, uh, shout out, ex-Pacer. And Jay Crowder. Who's pretty who, tough? Who uh, used to be good. He's still he can still do all right? some things. Yeah, he's at least a great locker room guy. I think. Yeah. Um, in exchange for uh, Justice Winslow and Dion Waiters, who go to the Grizzlies, uh, who also received Gorgie Jang from uh, oh. the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves get James Johnson. Speaking of extras, um, <laughs> just got a bunch of. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So uh, the Heat are better, I think, uh, with this move. Already a really good team. 
Exactly. This is why it's my least favorite trade. I think um, Iguodala brings uh, playoff chops, most importantly, uh, and also we'll see what he has left for the you know actual basketball court. Um, Jay Crowder, I think, can give them some minutes. I mean, they get, they got three guys that play the same position in Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder, and Iguodala. And they already so they had got a bunch of at a minimum guys anyway. <laughs> they got depth. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So they can they have insurance policies for anybody that gets injured for short stretches. Um, I mean, Spolstra is one of the top coaches in the league. Without a doubt. I think that giving him more weapons just makes it harder for everybody else in the world. Um, I do like this trade for the Grizzlies, though. They took on Andre Iguodala's salary and a first-round pick, uh, and then flipped Iguodala for Justice Winslow. Uh, I mean, waiters and dang are, I think, not uh, factors. But Justice Winslow is a good basketball player. And to pair him with, um, you know, a young and up-and-coming John Morant, a Brandon Clark that's been playing great, and a um, Justin, wait, no, Jared, what is his name? Jared. Jared Jackson, Jackson. Jr. Yeah. Something like that. Um the Grizzlies are 500 right now. I know, I know. It's amazing. So we'll see. I mean, Winslow has been injured all year, basically. Yeah. Um, he's got kind of a tricky back, so who knows if he'll climb out of that. But it gives them another playmaker, um, a guy that might be better <laughs> than the three power forwards that end up, or small forwards that end up going to... Uh, Miami and and basically the only guy that they had to give up that was playing minutes was Jay Crowder. So, um, I mean, his solo was playing a little bit of minutes, but right, uh, yeah, I like that. Oh, uh, you know, just a, a couple quick ones. I know that uh, these are don't fit in our favorite and not favorite. Uh, interesting. Charlotte went ahead and waved all of their old guys. Michael uh, Kid Gilchrist and um, Marvin Williams have just been getting paychecks on Charlotte's team um, for mm-hmm. for being old and bad, um, and that team is going nowhere fast. They're one and nine in their last ten, uh, but they they have shown that some of the young guys have some promise. And just to get to make sure that the <laughs> the old guys are out of the way, they went and just cut them. Um, mm. The Clippers uh, picked up Isaiah Thomas uh, at the trade deadline and then went ahead and promptly waived him as well. So um, he may be out of the league at this point. We'll see what happens to Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and then finally, the, the biggest trade, at least um, person-wise, was a four-team, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 12-person t- trade uh, that ultimately sent uh, Robert Covington from Minnesota uh, to Houston and Clint Capella from Houston to Atlanta, and it doesn't really matter how all these things work out for our purposes. The only thing I find interesting about it, and I think it's worth talking about, is that there is no one on the Rockets now above the the height of six seven. Mm. So <laughs> they are just all in on the small ball experiment. Uh, let's see how that goes. I think that's worth watching. Um, also, it may be the beginning of the end of the Daryl Morey watch uh, as the GM there. Uh, if, That's right. And also uh, the beginning of the end of the D'Antoni era as well. If this stuff doesn't work out, this is this is all in on the theory. Um, uh, James Harden, Westbrook, uh, and then a bunch of shooters. So uh, if this works, great. If not, I think this is the, the, the last we'll see of that. And then 
you know, Covington's a good player. I think he'll see minutes there. Um, and Clint Capella. He's going to he's gonna play center. Yeah, exactly. He's be the tallest guy they have. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, um, anyway, shout out to that crazy experiment. And I think uh, Pacer Nation should be intrigued by it, see how it goes. Because they are definitely pushing the edges of bas- what basketball should be. Since, since the invention of the game, having really big dudes that are uh, closer to the rim has always been an advantage. And they were like, you know what? We don't care. We're just going to yeah. go with shooting. Uh, we'll see how it works. Go with the math. Yep, yep. Shoot a lot of threes. That's right. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, yeah, this is sort of, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Maury and D'Antoni are at the point where they just want to throw stuff at the wall and hopefully something works because, right. you know, what has uh, their plan in the past has not worked. So Correct. Um, yeah, all right. So tons of movement, uh, basically all new teams to deal with. Uh, the Pacers are remaining intact, though. So, all right, let's take a quick break, listen to some music, and then we'll come back and talk All Star. Watch your step, but don't close your eyes. Take deep breaths, but don't blow your high or mine. We all been working at like overtime. It's overdone, I hear it all the time. Close your eyes, I feel it. Where's my mind? I feel it. Where's my mind? Moon talking to the night, never wasting time. Young niggas, eyes behind them bars, like he facing time. In this matrix paradise, let's get faded right. Uh, uh, now I'm politicking with the energies. Somewhere in the center of the imagery. Rolled up with a tear by the memory. Hold up. Ain't no fucking way you don't remember me. Black page master to all these pages. Eyes go blind to the shift of the ages. Had to let go to know what it mean to be faceless. Riding on the wings of my demons to feel weightless. Fuck it, I'm blazing. Those get a race, Jim Carrey on a cage. Lost in a race for a lost sensation. Clementine at the gas party in the basement. Wolves on the prowl on the pavement. Ain't shit changed but the ice on the cake. And a slice of the price of the pie on the plate. Song with the split, no safe in the space. Coming out of Cosmo, lost in space. I ain't never had to be anything else but myself I just wanna be alone in my mind sometimes Diving the ship, I'm a Diving the rig, I'm a Passing the fifth, I'm a Knowing I ain't give, I'm a I've been right near right all day I've been losing my time all day I've been losing my mind all day I've been seeing these signs all day Game getting played out like an arcade Everybody all says, come in dark day Mama said, be careful, pick your friends someday Careful bringing snakes in the crib someday That's why I'm going to tour this world someday So we gonna have everything someday Kita gonna whip up being someday Papa gonna ride him a blitz all day Living in a light, but it ain't no safe Time thinking about how it'll be someday Feeling in my bones and my soul someday Like they gon' break the fucking mold one day So them boy go travel down a rabbit hole Copy like the shattered gold Past the old bastard still sipping detergent in my tattered clothes OJ to my left, traded cash for gold And no joke, we been poor folk So broke, got a stove up And just to eat the house when the flow cold Now the flow hot like a steak down those spot And we're back from the break Alright, buddy, it's uh, that time of year The Pacers have played 50 plus games So it's, it's time for an all-star break Let's do it. Uh, the Pacers have one all-star this year, Domas Sabonis. Uh, and this year, as they've done, I think last year, maybe it was the first year they did this, uh, uh, instead of being east-west, you just put all the all-star names in a hat, and then 
uh, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo do a draft, right? That's going <laughs> to so, be how it was no, last year. Was, it's going to be year. that way going forward. <laughs> I, no, I future, think it was three right? years ago. I think Steph Curry got to do the inaugural one. Oh, okay. Uh, but right, they, okay. Uh, they didn't televise it when that was the case. Uh, oh, that's right. right. Okay, so yeah. that's why I'm thinking. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I do like it that it's just we're just gonna like emeritus. Like these guys will just always draft the teams. It doesn't yep. matter. Absolutely. Years from now, yep. after they've retired, they just get to pick the all stars. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, so they picked some guys, and uh, Sabonis went first overall. I assume, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Uh, went very Second, last. Then. Picked very last. What? Demonta Sabonis. Oh, shade. Oh, they hate us. League hates the Pacers. All right, so what are we looking at? What? Who? Who? Who you got in this game? What's? What's the? What were the surprises of the draft to you? Or. <sighs> well, okay, so uh, we'll just real, real briefly go over this. So, um, LeBron James drafted Anthony Davis first. Clearly, his teammate. He got Kawhi sure. Leonard and Luka Doncic. You've got a uh, draft out of the uh, uh, players that were uh, voted as starters. Um, killed it with those guys. Mm-hmm. He yep. also got uh, James Harden. Uh, then uh, started his reserves with Damian Lillard, uh, Ben Simmons, Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Sabonis. Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. Um, Picked Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kimball Walker, Trey Young, uh, and then Chris Middleton. That was his first pick in the reserves uh, because that mm-hmm. dude's on his team. So uh, got to pick your boy. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brennan Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Um, so... Uh, my first reaction is that LeBron James just absolutely housed uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he and, murdered him. Yeah, he murdered him. I I, I really do like this new format. Uh, they do it live on on TNT. Um, mm-hmm. LeBron and Giannis are both very charismatic. Um, it's like drafting a fantasy squad. They also put up the TNT panel, so you've got uh, Chuck and um, Ernie uh, and the Jet there, um, sort of commenting. And uh, at one point near the end, uh, Charles Barkley looks at the board and he goes, uh, there's only four guys left or whatever. And he goes, I'd pick that team. That team would be, you know, number one in the East right now or whatever. And it it was like, you know, it was Donovan Mitchell, Russell Westbrook, uh, Sabonis and Jokic or something like that. You know, and it was just like, it was great. Uh Because, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, you've got to remember that even if you're picked last, these are, you know, the best 24 players in the game right now arguably so that's it i mean yeah clearly lebron's team is the more oh they're gonna just win this uh, thing going away right one but maybe uh maybe Giannis is playing the long game um he's uh you know got wait let me look at this again yeah 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 he's like currying favor so he's got the heat guys on his team and the toronto guys so he's like I don't know. Somehow gonna softening uh, him up for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, like oh, I'm a good guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, we all like yeah we're just friends here. <laughs> and then he's just gonna rip their hearts out in the playoffs. That's his plan. I, I do like this idea that uh, he he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Like he's actually That's just right. trying to do this for the playoffs. <laughs> That's right. Yep. That's what I think. 
I think the other um, interesting thing we need to talk about with this uh, All-Star game is that they changed the format somewhat. I mean, they're still going to play basketball. I, I was uh, going to say, what somewhat. It's pretty dramatic. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, so they... So now they're playing uh, each quarter counts at some level. So the first three quarters, uh, basically, that will start out 0-0. Zero, zero, and the winner of that quarter, the team that wins that corner, quarter will get uh, $100,000 for their charity of choice. Uh, and then at the to start the fourth quarter, the teams will now sum up the totals that they got for the first three quarters and then whoever's in the lead they'll add 24 to that um total so let's say after three quarters the west has 130 points or something like that they'll add 24 to that so 154 is the number that you're playing to so it becomes like a pickup ball game so 24 obviously in honor of kobe bryant there's no clock you just play straight out whoever hits that number first uh wins thoughts well i i just want to briefly say that uh joe is available for this thursday show but he was so angry about this change that he <laughs> no seriously like he was he w- was going on rants i couldn't even control him i was like you got to stop really yeah, yeah put him down he he thinks this is an abomination um it, really? it's not basketball you know, whatever. He's he's fired up. Um, he's like, basketball is a game, and it works the same way every time. Why are we making this difficult? Um, I disagree slightly. I actually like this change. Um, I think it is... There's, there's a couple things that I like about it. Um, each quarter now is competitive, right? I mean, you know, we uh-huh. watch games all the time where well, okay, we're down 10, but we'll get back in the second half sort of thing. And I'm not even talking about all-star games, right? I mean, just even basketball, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the ebb and flow of a game, right? Like, I gotta, I, I don't need to totally exert myself yet. I'll wait and, you know, I'll wait until the fourth quarter to, to play hard, right? So that may still ex- happen, but I think this, um, what this change is, you know, each quarter you can get a win at the end of that quarter, I think motivates people to play a little bit harder, um, and I and I think that's interesting. Um, and then, um, you know, as far as the final quarter, um, no, having no uh, clock and just playing to points, very much feels like a pickup game um, out on the in the schoolyard. And, mm-hmm. and since we're picking our teams, just like you would in the schoolyard, like I kind of like this. Um, doesn't matter how long it's going to take. I don't think 24 points is going to take very long. Um, no. And, um, you know, and if they have to catch up, which makes it interesting, um, maybe teams start playing defense. Um, you know, I, I think that'll also encourage teams to not get down a lot. You know, usually in the All-Star game, we're just sort of alley-ooping and dunking, having fun. And I think we still will. Um, I don't – no one's going to go full out and try to hurt each other because this is just the All-Star game. But – I think there will be a more of an effort to, to try to keep the game close for that final quarter. So I think that's mm-hmm. great. I think it's fun. It may not work, but I think it's a great attempt. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a uh, novel idea. Um, a lot of times people say that the least uh, exciting part of All-Star Weekend is the actual All-Star game. Yeah, and I don't even watch the game anymore. Yeah. I may actually watch this year. Cause this yeah, is, it's an interesting I agree wrinkle. with you. This is, I mean, yeah, why not? 
Like, yeah. who cares? It's the All-Star yeah. Just have fun. Exactly. I actually was thinking, like, a cool thing would be maybe the next evolution of this pickup um, mentality uh, thing would be. Okay, is, so there's there's 24 All-Stars. Correct. Right, total. Um, so let's, instead of having two captains, let's have four captains. Mm. Who each pick a team of six players. So there's your 24 guys. Okay. Okay. And then we play five on five. We still play five on five for. Um, so like, there's like a, uh, a reserve. You get one reserve. Yeah. It's so you get on one, sub, one reserve. Right. Yeah. And you play, you know, two, uh, 30 or something or whatever it is. Pick a number out of whatever player we want to honor. Um, this year so you play two games so two teams play each other another two teams and then you the third quarter quote unquote would be the third place game so the losers of the first two games and the finals would be the winners of the first two or the fourth quarter would be the winner of the the first two games um i'm sorry joey isn't here because he'd be throwing stuff at your screen this is an (laughs) abomination sir this isn't basketball. It'll be really fun. No, and and, and yeah. this this will continue to evolve. Plus, everybody gets more burn that way, right? Because like. you play a whole quarter or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I you know I do like this idea. You mentioned that the twenty four points was in honor of Kobe Bryant. Um, I like the idea that we just continue to honor players. Um, next year, when the All Star Game is in Indianapolis, can we go to Let's do Reggie? Yeah, thirty one for Reggie. Why not? Right. Yeah. This is great. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you could do it for many, many different reasons, you know. It doesn't always have to be a uh, sad reason that you're honoring a player. For sure. It could be, uh, this guy's great. Honor Hall of Famers He's and whatnot. Our, yeah. We want a really high-scoring game, so we're going to pick Chuck Person, you know. <laughs> like, 45. <laughs> Let's do that. It could, it Someday could it'll be Goga. We'll play to 88. <laughs> Oh, I look forward to the day that uh, Goga's yeah. uh, uh, jersey is retired in the rafters it's and that uh, the, the All-Star game in 2040 has to go to 88 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and uh, it will happen in five minutes because we'll have a five-point shot by then. So, <laughs> And everyone will be half cyborg. Yes. <laughs> At least. It'll, yeah, we'll be playing in three dimensions. There will be a basket on top of the jumbo churn. Be great. Okay, Ooh, like so enough of the All Star game future. game. That's pretty fun. <laughs> Let's get to the uh, the really fun stuff, I think, which is All Star Saturday Night, which are the the fun contests and games. So sure, uh, this year, like years in past, there's going to be three main competitions. There's going to be the Skills Challenge. Excuse me, the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. That's right. The um, Mountain Dew three-point contest. Mm, Mountain Dew. And the AT&T slam dunk contest. Uh, so let's start with the skills challenge. Uh, eight participants this year. Uh, Bam Adebayo from Miami. Patrick Beverly from the Clips. Spencer Dinwiddie uh, from the Nets. Chris Middleton of the Bucks. Derek Rose from Detroit. Uh Pascal Siakam from Toronto, Jason Tatum from Boston, and Domas Saponis from Indiana. What? Woohoo! We got a biggie. Uh, with a caveat, uh, Derek Rose is actually out due to injury, um, and will be play- replaced by Shea Gilgis 
the name I can't remember. SGA from yeah. Oklahoma City. Uh, who you got in this one? Uh, well, that totally screws me up because I had Derrick Rose. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, no, I thought this was the year of Derrick Rose. Like, I, you know, he's just had a beautiful uh, season. Uh, this is, you know, I think, was it last season uh, when he was playing uh, in Minnesota and uh, had like that, uh, you know, 50-point game and a game winner? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they did a post-game interview with him and he like, you know, he was crying because of how hard he'd worked to get back to that place. And, and you know, I always hated Derrick Rose um, largely because he tended to beat the Pacers and he was a bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was really starting to root for him. I mean, that, he's had a long career. He's, he's uh, you know, a long, uh, tough career uh, because of mm-hmm. injuries. Um, you know, currently, uh, at least the way things are going, probably the only... MVP in NBA history not to make the Hall of Fame. Um, and so, um, you know, I really felt like uh, the way things were going for him this year, he's averaging almost 20 points a game off the bench for Detroit. Um, I just thought this was the year of Derrick Rose. Um, I don't know what to do now. I think I'm going to go be a homer and pick Demonis Sabonis, although I don't really think this is going to be his... Uh, this really displays his skills in the way it should. Um, right. He is a, a, a wonderful passer, uh, but he's not much of a three-point shooter um, and really not much of a dribbler. <laughs> he can do it right. in stretches. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick him just because I'm a homer. Yeah, so this we've learned over the years that this competition comes down to who hits a three-pointer the fastest yes. at the end. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, given that, I think I'm going to go with... Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, I like I it. Know. Yeah. No, let's just give it sure. to him. Um, and it's the Taco Bell skills challenge, right? So it's a... That's right. Taco Bell Dinwiddie. I like it. All right. Next up, the three-point competition. This is... Uh, this year, a little wrinkle. Um, so in addition to the five shooting stations around the arc, there will be uh, an additional two, I think, Uh spots that are like six feet back from the arc uh and if players choose to shoot those shots they will be worth uh confusingly three points uh <laughs> because the regular shots are only worth one point right so basically triple right and um, the money balls are worth two right and the money balls are still worth two so yeah this is just it's a great um you know if you have a uh second grader that's working on addition like let's have them watch this <laughs> because be because the uh, these shots from six feet uh, six feet beyond the line are going to be green balls. They're going mm. to be uh, Mountain Dew colored basketballs. So those are the ones worth three. Mm. And we're all happy that Mountain Dew is green and not blue at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, the participants in the three point competition this year. Uh, Davis Bertans uh, from Washington, uh, Devontae Graham of the Hornets, Joe Harris of the Nets, Buddy Heald of the Kings, Zach Levine. Wait, no, this should be. He should be in the other competition, right? No. Okay, I guess he's in the three point competition. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, Duncan Robinson from the Heat. Because I'm sure that most people have never heard of him. Right, but he's been and, very uh, good this season. <laughs> no, he's, he's quite good. Trey Young uh, of Atlanta. Uh, who you got in this one? 
Uh, I've got Dougie McBuckets. Ah, oh okay. wait, he's not injury in replacement. The, he's he's not in the three point contest. What is going well, on? You know, you got to save that spot for Zach Levine. Oh my God, what is happening? Uh, Dougie has been killing it all season. Um, I, you know. There has been actual noise from the Pacer organization trying to get him on this list. There's no reason why he's not here. He's shooting like 45% from the range this year. Uh, I am outraged. Uh, instead, we've got Zach Levine, who, granted, is shooting a lot more threes this year. But sure. um, I just, I, I'm really sad for Dougie. I know, I know he would like to be there and and um, and would have won this thing going away. However. Um, in absence of uh, my boy McBuckets, I'm going to take Dame Lillard, who averages 70 points a game now and shoots from 40. Um, mm. I, you know, you didn't mention the wrinkle that even though we've added these these outside shots, you've added another 10 seconds to the clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so didn't actually have, know that. You That's why I didn't add that. <laughs> okay, okay. So you now have 70 seconds to shoot instead of 60, yeah, okay. um, which. I have a ton of issues with. I think the whole thing's absurd. I know that people shoot from further away, but like the three point contest was always been the three point contest has it's always been fine. I, I don't even know why they added more um, money balls. They have a whole rack of money balls now. I don't. It used to be that you could look at mm-hmm. nineteen eighty five and nineteen uh, uh, ninety five and and and, and two thousand and five and. You could see who is the best three-point shooter. Now it's just random numbers, and now we've got green balls from the freaking half court. I don't understand what's happening. Dogs and cats <laughs> living together. But I love how you're you're willing to uh, throw the NBA All Star Game format under the bus. <laughs> but this this is the hill you're gonna die on. I'm gonna die on this hill. But if we're gonna just just throw everything overboard, I might as well have. Dame Lillard shooting from 40. He's going to hit both those three-point shots. He's going to win this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Yeah, the just, I don't know why I'm so upset about this. I love the, the, the new All-Star format. I'm just so angry about this. It's stupid. This is the one thing that wasn't broken. I, everything else is broken. That is true. Yeah, it's always entertaining. Yeah. Time. But, you know, whatever. We People love are shooting from further away. Shooter so shoot. It's fun. People love the long ball. You know? Yeah. It's, Chicks dig the long ball. a little bit more. I, I don't mind it. We'll see how it goes this year. If it sucks, they'll get rid of it. You know, it's worth a yeah, try. Yeah, that's true. Especially when that's Mountain Dew is going to throw you an extra $4 million or whatever it is to, <laughs> right, for this right. thing. So, uh, I'm taking Davis Bertans in this one. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. He, he can knock it down, and he can knock it down from deep. Yeah. Like, he just uh, guns it from everywhere. So, I think he's going to hit those... Uh, uh, super long green ball shots, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Now I do have a question. We won't know the answer to this until uh, after uh, the fans of the show have listened to this. But um, can you just go all the way around the arc and then run back to those spots, or do you have to do it in the flow of it? Because it seems to me like if you're just getting a flow and killing it from the three point arc, maybe you're better served to continue around the arc as opposed to breaking it up with those. Those shots on the wing. Um, I don't think there's any. There's no rule. Um, rule as to ha- like you could shoot from the corner three, and then the other the corner, other corner three. three okay. I think. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I think people just go to the next closest rack. 
yeah. for efficiency reasons, for yeah. time reasons. So sure. Well, now you've got an extra but ten seconds. Like maybe, maybe there's kids are going to do whatever they want. This could be great. This actually that maybe makes it more interesting um, to see if people make those choices. You know. Yeah. So all right, I'll begrudgingly could watch be. it and. No, 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 no. We gotta have cons. You know, this is gonna go into Hall of Fame consideration. So you know, you gotta be able to compare eras and whatnot. <laughs> okay, the last competition, which is always. Uh, Sometimes the most exciting and sometimes the least exciting, but always entertaining, I would say. The Even when it's a flop. The AT&T <laughs> Slam Dunk competition. Uh, this year's participants, uh, <laughs> Pat Connaughton of Milwaukee. We follow basketball. I don't know who that dude is. I do know who that dude is, but I didn't know he could dunk. Uh, Aaron Gordon of Orlando. Yeah. Dwight Howard of the Los Angeles Lakers and Derek Jones Jr. Okay. of Miami. Okay. Uh, oh, who, who was in it last year, I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, and had a rough go of it, if I recall. Um, didn't get out of the sure. first round. Um, of course, uh, everybody remembers Aaron Gordon um, in that epic battle with uh, Zach Levine a few years ago. And, and in my mind, still had the best dunk in all of those things when he put, his, uh, put the basketball under underneath his uh legs going over uh stuff the magic uh dragon or whatever um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. incredible dunker um an old dwight howard who has won this dunk contest before has done what was he in three or two or three um like 10 years ago um Mm -hmm. remember when he came out of the uh, phone booth as superman um remember when he dunked on a like a 14 foot basket or something like that. Um, so 12 foot, 12 yeah. foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. He's fun and interesting, but I don't know what he can actually bring to the table anymore. Um, I assume Aaron Gordon is just going to decimate the rest of these guys. He's been there before. Um, he has at least already on, um, you know, on video, one of the best dunks I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think this guy is going to run away with this thing. I don't know why it's not a larger group. Why don't we have six guys? Um, it seems like kind of a sad showing for the uh, for the dunk contest. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, okay, so I think that Derek Jones Jr. is my pick, but I would not be surprised if Pat Connaughton won it. Merely out of... Uh, the the delta between expectation and actual performance. Okay. So I don't think any of the judges expect him to throw down anything interesting. Isn't he just so a therefore, tall white guy? If he does anything quasi interesting, then they'll be amazed. Am I am I right uh, that he's a tall white guy? I don't know if he's a tall white guy. He's just a white guy. I mean, he's in the NBA, so of course he's tall. But <laughs> right. um, he's taller than I am. Yeah, he is six five. Oh, no, like no, he's not tall at yeah. all, really. Uh, but apparently he's quite the dunker. Yeah, his uh, nickname, according to Basketball Reference, is uh, Vanilla Thunder. So, Wow. Vanilla Thunder. I love it. Um, so here's my theory, then. If, if you want to go with uh, Pat Connaughton, um, he's going to have some amazing dunk, and then uh, because it's the AT&T contest, he's going to drop the call. Sorry. 
What? <laughs> I don't even like, understand like, what that means. Like drop the mic at AT&T, tap oh. in the call. It's not a good I joke see. if I have to explain it. Damn it. I thought no, it was good. It good I thought it was no. good. He's dropping the call? No. I mean, that's a phrase, yeah, but dropping the call is like a bad thing. I know, because it's AT&T. They have bad I phone see. service. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you drop the mic versus drop the call. Yeah. Yeah, but dropping the mic is a good thing. I well, uh, right. I know. I was trying. to... Oh, damn it! I swear <laughs> it's great. The, it's you know, totally fa- awesome. fans are loving it right now. They're they're they were dying while you give me crickets. They are just they're rolling. Earth, yeah, Earth people are loving this. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's uh, that's all we got. <laughs> For this week, that was uh, my enjoy. big closer. That was it. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the, uh, you know, leave while you're ahead. I wrote, yeah. I wrote that like a week ago. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, enjoy the All Star Weekend. Uh, there will be many touching tributes to Kobe. I'm sure. Which mm, uh, for sure, will it will be very misty and dusty in in the triplet household. Uh, I'm sure watching those and uh, cheer on Sabonis. You know, he's going to be in the skills competition and the uh, actual game. So enjoy that. Um, Until then, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Between now and next Monday, you can keep in touch with us on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. We are uh, on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. We've got a website, TheUndebeatables.com. Wherever you listen to the show... um, uh, especially if it's an iTunes, please uh, go ahead and lie and give us five stars <laughs> in a review. Uh, if you're in using any other uh, podcast app, uh, hit the share button and uh, send a link to your uh, buddy who's also a Pacers fan. Have him check us out. Uh, and if you're at our website, theundebeatables.com, go ahead and grab yourself a T-shirt. I think we've got a medium or two left. We got some of those in the medium size. That's right. Uh, shout out to uh, Harper. Sorry we missed him this week, uh, and and thank you for making this possible. We had to do some shuffling around on scheduling, but uh, appreciate <coughs> you being pleasure, here, JT. Buddy. Yeah, it's been too fun. long. Yeah. For our once and always coach, Bobby Sucklinard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Ah, the old schizophrenic Bobby <laughs> Slick Leonard. <Yeah. laughs> the old multiple personality Bobby Slick Leonard. That was probably an encapsulation of him uh, watching the fourth quarter of the Toronto game last week. Oh, yeah? Were you just losing your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you blow an 11-point lead in yeah. two and a half minutes. Yeah. They did a lot yeah. of trapping. Come on, we don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs>